0: Hello. This is the Just Bloody Post-It podcast and I'm your host, Helen Perry. We meet here to discuss the strange job of creating content that promotes your work on the internet, which has grown from just being a job of having a website and maybe writing the odd blog post to producing prof- quality podcast series or music and dancing videos and live broadcasts in just a few short years. Our guest this time helps people step into that part of this job more confidently by showing them how to use their voice.
1: It's not about how you sound at all, it's about how you need your words to affect the other person and that is really freeing for the voice. And the other thing is being you, you know, trying to be as you as possible and that is a journey that can take years and never have an ending. Um, but it's finding a version of yourself that you're comfortable enough with to allow yourself to speak freely. Nicola Redman's a voice coach and voiceover artist who works with anyone who needs to
0: speak at work in a way that brings their ideas, their message, their true thoughts across, well, without panicking. We chat about why some, lots of us maybe, struggle with the sound of our own voice and how to find it, how to prepare for big speaking occasions that make us nervous. You'll hear some vocal exercises and about how Nick runs and markets her own business. First, I asked her how voice became her job.
1: So I trained as an actor originally and I did like a performing arts degree and then I did a master's in musical theatre and I ended up in London. I was like titting about the West End for a wee bit doing stuff. I was like, oh, no, no, it's fine, this is fine. It's not quite what I thought it was going to be. It wasn't my little girly dream that I was expecting. And then I, because I'm Irish, I don't know if you can tell, uh, but London, Are you? Yeah, right. <laughs> to be sure, to be sure. Uh, I ended up doing a voiceover because somebody somewhere at some point needed a an Irish voice. They were like, oh, Nick, will you come to the studio at this time? We'll give you 400 quid or something. I was like, what? that's like more than my weekly wage in the West End. So I was like, yeah, of course. Uh, so I nipped along and I did this voiceover and I'd never really thought about it before. And, but it was just, I just loved it. Like, And I think what I'd been see, feeling in the West End, or at least in theatre, was everything was like, oh, you sound great, but you don't look quite right. Or your voice doesn't match your physical cast type. And all this stuff just wasn't gelling, but it was all to do with what I looked like. And I don't think I'm that bad looking. <laughs> I'm all right. Like. But anyway, so I did this voiceover and I was like, um, I want more of that, please. So then at the same time, I sort of, I got this long touring job where they were paying for all my accommodation and stuff. So I squirreled away a load of money. And then at the time in voiceover... Um, Everyone was getting home studios. So I moved back in with my mum and dad, I bought a load of equipment and I just just set up, knowing not what to do at all. And just was calling people going, Hi yeah, I've got a mic and I'm Northern Irish, do you maybe need one of those? And everyone was like yes actually so then voiceover kind of became my thing I was doing stand-up comedy as well so in the evenings I would do my gigs and in the day I would do my recordings and it was great and then just got really obsessed with voice and the potential of voice and I then went back to where I did my masters for the second one was in uh, voice studies so vocal pedagogy basically so all about the anatomy and how the voice works how to teach it how to teach accents holy um, heck I
0: did not know that was something that you could study to like well, degree or
1: post grad level I didn't yeah. know but
0: I mean obviously I suppose somebody has to be an expert yeah in it.
1: and it was a really like I didn't know it at the time but it was like basically the only one in the world and was really highly regarded I was just like well I'll apply and see if I can get in and then if I can get in I'll see if I can pay for it and I ticked both those boxes and it just changed my life it was the last piece so then from then I did the classic thing which a lot of voice teachers do which is jump around the drama schools and you know teach voice to performers and actors at the same time, I got out there with my Irish Blarney in Manchester where I was living and said hi to all the theatres and, you know, just all that kind of stuff and just grew my business from there. So, you know, I, then I started a one-to-one practice and I would see people in, I got a studio built in my garden in Manchester and I um, just started seeing people one-to-one. So it's kind of snowballed from there. And then obviously in the last two and a half years, I now exist in the internet mainly. <laughs> uh, which so do I.
0: I'm, I'm, the, I'm, I'm not real either. I'm no, just, my, just an just, avatar. Just,
1: Kind of data this is AI me so so basically now the exciting thing for me as a podcaster and a voiceover artist but also as someone who knows a heck of a lot about the instrument is that now I get to work with uh, mainly people who work on microphones so I work a lot with presenters podcasters voiceover artists audiobook narrators comedians all that kind of stuff and yeah it's really lovely I love it
0: and just so that people really understand what a voiceover artist is, the kind of work that you're doing when you're doing that job, are you acting? Are you a voice actor or are you doing kind of like commercial work, like radio adverts and uh, that kind of thing?
1: Uh, yes, <laughs> basically all of that kind all of that but I thing. love that you you like had the wherewithal to be like voice actor versus voice over because they can fit into quite different categories most of my work day to day and my bread and butter let's say is commercial and corporate stuff so any training you get on the internet any kind of phone systems in-store commercials radio commercials um little videos you see for companies company explainers that kind of stuff and then the odd time because I don't really push it but at the odd time because I'm a trained performer I do like the odd wee video game or a bit of an animation and stuff but some people do focus solely on the character stuff but because I coach as well I just don't have the the time to do it all Um, And the other stuff earns me more money for less output. (laughs) Business.
0: I mean, I think it's obvious to everyone why more and more and more people would need the services of somebody like you, because it now falls to, it's the reason I have a business as well, is that lots of people who would not have ever had to think about it before are now having to put themselves out there audibly, visibly, however, Lots of people have a real problem with their voice, particularly women. And I really want to get your insight into what that is all about. Why the heck do we find it so difficult to listen to ourselves?
1: Um, Okay, there's two things here. There's a science thing as to why we find it hard to listen to ourselves. And that's because we hear ourselves differently in our heads because of, you know, science. (laughs) When we hear in our heads, we hear both the sound that's come out of our mouth and into our ears, but we also hear and feel our voice through ourselves, if you know what I mean. So we're getting like a weird stereo thing going on. So we hear ourselves differently because then when we play ourselves back, we only hear um the the input from the outside. We don't get the feeling from the inside and the voice sound from the inside. So we literally sound different. That's the science of it. But the more complex and excuse expletives I'll take about like reason for females particularly not liking their voice is society and the media and the workplace because um, take something for example a feature like vocal fry um, which is often in the media and that is where potentially at the end of the sentence you end up sort of dropping down into something that's kind of croaky at the end. Um, it's um, very popular, or has been popularized by American reality TV stars. Um, um, okay, I, like hold the, that.
0: hang on, like hang on a minute, the Kardashians.
1: Do, that right, kind of got they. it. Thank you, but okay. it happens a lot. It happens a lot. And it's not damaging, there's nothing wrong with it, but it gets picked up in the media as this horrifically annoying, terrible trait that women have and it makes women sound uncertain and it makes women sound naive and girly and it makes women sound like they don't know what they're talking about. Well, um, men have been doing it for years, (laughs) Uh, but they never get called on it. So certain features get picked up in the media and they get run with and we're usually vocally at the brunt of it. So... Um, A lot of the time it's because people around us tell us we sound a certain way because of a certain feature and that we need to change it. And that's true of everything. You know, these days, thankfully, there's a bit more of a body body positive movement. You know, we're trying to normalise the difference, the beautiful difference physically in the female form and the male form, hopefully at some point, too. But, you know, there's still loads of accentism and voicism out there where people feel like they have the right to tell you how your voice makes them feel. It does my nodding, to be honest. Like yeah, I
0: get, I get, I get, I am conscious of having a loud voice in adverted commas. And I do, I do speak quite loudly, especially when I get overexcited or enthusiastic about something or I've had a glass of wine Um but I am really conscious of sometimes trying to turn down the volume. Being It's that thing of being too much. I'm either too loud, too quiet. My voice is too high or too northern or too something else and trying to be less.
1: We have to remember that our voice is a product of our entire existence to date. So I bet if, if you were in a session with me and you were like, I'm too loud, I'm too loud. And I'd be like, OK, well, let's work out why. And we could probably work out exactly why you feel like you're too loud or why the voice you have is, is loud, beautifully loud. <laughs> uh, and I think it's important to understand that our voice is like a auditory fingerprint of everything we've experienced, the people we've come into contact with, the people who've led us and taught us and mentored us, rightly or wrongly, good or bad, the places we've lived. You know, it's, it's a complete representation of who we are. Um, and that, for me, is why... I get really sad when people come through my virtual doors for coaching saying, my boss says I need to lose my accent or I won't get this promotion or...
0: Um... Oh, do people say that? Oh, yeah.
1: yeah you see, yeah. it's so
0: long since I've had a boss.
1: I know, oh. right? One of the perks.
0: <laughs> but people, that, that is really That's surprising true. to me that that people yeah. would say, get some voice coaching if you would like to get a promotion. That, that I, I am
1: shocked. I'm so naive. I'm shocked. It's not even just the voice. It's like, you'll literally phrases like you'll never get anywhere with that accent and i've heard that from the corporate world and infuriatingly i've heard that in the performance world in drama schools oh man you're too northern
0: the performance showbiz media world is not half as left wing as it as it might appear on the surface when you get behind the door you'll find there's a lot of very conservative um rules that still apply and, and and um yeah,
1: I could like, wax lyrical yeah. on that for yeah. days. Having been in there with, you know, students crying because the acting teacher has told them they're too northern and they need to ch- lose that accent or they'll never get anywhere. Like, it's disgraceful. Things are changing a bit, but it's not as uh, changed as it could be. So I think that the short answer is um, the females often don't like the sound of their voice because they've been made to feel that way by other people who feel like they've got the right to tell them other ways or it, because their voice isn't doing what they need it to do in their new professional environment because all their life they've been told to be quiet and small and sit still and speak when you're spoken to. And God, she's loud for a girl. God, she's bossy, isn't she? Oh, she likes to give you her opinion, doesn't she? You know, all this kind of stuff. Like, people just constantly tell you what you sound like and how you make them feel and it's not fair. So that's probably why.
0: Right. Oh, brother. Um, so... If we accept that this next part of the conversation is not about changing your voice, it's about how can you use your voice better or get more comfortable with using your voice so it does start to do some of the things that you need it to do. It kind of didn't occur to me really that you could work with your voice in that way before I I started thinking about this conversation. Like I've become accustomed to speaking on a microphone through practice, but not really through any given technique. So what kind of techniques do you teach people to to use their voice better?
1: So there's loads of like vocal healthy technical stuff you can work on, like the fundamentals of voice are... Physical alignment and tension release. <laughs> Adjusting your posture. Yeah, down, if I'm you well could
0: see us, you could see that as the minute somebody <laughs> says that you start to sit in straight. It so sit it, up, yeah. is yeah. it literally that? Sit sit yourself up straight or stand up? Um, or how yeah. would you normally do it?
1: Rather than thinking of the word straight, because your spine's not straight and your body's not straight, I think of words like lengthening, widening and softening. So it's about lengthening the torso, getting the feet on the ground, widening the shoulders, softening the body on the in breath, and just trying to release as much tension as possible and not jutting forward toward the microphone with your chin which happens a lot in podcasting um so physically there's obviously things you can do for the body the breath um playing around and exploring your vocal range and your resonance range or the tonal qualities that you have access to and articulation of course so if you keep tripping up over the same words write them down work out what the common letters are get some tongue twisters that work those letters and play around with workshop and kind of Getting used to those sounds, you know, releasing the articulators, toning the articulators, that kind of thing. So that's like there's a whole technical thing we can go into. But I think from a from a holistic point of view, which the further I go into my, you know, existence as a voice coach, the more I understand through my own journey and my own Psychological ups and downs. How important it is to understand that your voice is a complete part of your entire existence and your entire psyche. So it's mind, body, voice. It's lifestyle. It's um, a, trying to live a life as with as little tension and anxiety and stress as you can, because that has an impact on your voice. Um, doing things that you love. I think one of the main things in terms of mindset for making your voice work more for you and getting used to your voice in this capacity is on un- remembering your why and the beautiful amazing things that your voice allows you to do so having a voice is privileged both physic is a privilege both physically and metaphorically you know there's a lot of people out there who can speak who don't have a voice per se so having a platform is brilliant and it's about understanding that um your voice allows you to communicate everything. It allows you to have a relationship with your partner. It allows you to support your partner and your friends. It allows you to make people laugh. It allows you to have big conversations. It allows you to order a coffee. So it just allows you so many things. And understanding and rationalising that regardless of how society has made you feel about your voice, it's still brings you through your day it still helps you communicate your way through life and that is incredible so i think that's a really useful reframe i think the way you've just
0: described that has helped me to clarify why i find voice work um comfortable i think i probably find that i can use my voice to express my thoughts and feelings more easily than I can by writing something down on paper and other people uh, other people would be exactly the opposite so that must be why I find it a more natural comfortable environment and also what you've been saying gets me in touch with what I believe about voice work is that there's a there's such there's real element of performance in it because you're you're storytelling still again like you would with a pen and paper you're you're telling a story of like what you're feeling or what you'd like to get across what you'd like people to understand do you you must agree as a performer I assume
1: yeah absolutely but I think one of the I would you one of the things you'd ask me to think about was who I think are good speakers I was sat here going I could could pick people like who speaks well, but the truth of it is, and I think you're a beautiful example of this, is that you really believe in what you've got to say, like you really believe in your message and you really want to get it out there and you want to help people and you want to make sure people know this information. And I think that has to be at the core of all of it. Like when we think, when we analyze, if you analyzed yourself in a situation where you were, with your mates and a glass of wine and you were putting the world to rights and you were talking about all the things that gaggles of women talk about or multi-sexed, you know, gendered groups of people talk about and you're engaged and like everything's, you really believe it and you're having a great time and you're relaxed and you're comfortable, you never lose your voice, right? If you think about a situation where you've got to go and talk to the bank manager or you've got to have a business conversation that's tricky or you've got to go live and all this kind of stuff there's often this barrier in place which is like well I have to be a certain way to have this conversation and I have to such a thing and you know and you might not be thinking about it from a voice perspective but you're certainly thinking about it from a persona perspective and and like a physical existence like in that actual space you know I need to I often think you know I'm a bit of an old creative agit, so I never really look tidy or you know. But if I was going somewhere to have one of those conversations, I'd tidy myself up and I'd I'd put on my best voice. And those are the situations where we often stumble and we don't uh, get our message across because we don't feel quite ourselves. So I think yeah. at the root of it, we don't is believe
0: it. We don't believe in ourselves in that no. situation yeah. for whatever, again for whatever reason that yeah. might go go There's, back your entire life. But
1: yeah. If you don't believe in your message and you don't like you don't really know what you're talking about, want to spread that message and feel passionate about it, then it will be harder for you. So there is due diligence to be done there as a business person, um, understanding what it is you're talking about and what you're I don't know what the term is these days like zone of genius or like whatever it is
0: yeah and who you're talking to and who you're talking to who are the people that you really want exactly. to connect with because if you can envisage that person or people then loads easier you yeah. can start and using how, the right language and, stuff. and
1: how you want to make them feel I always reframe it like that it's like it's not about how you sound at all it's about how you need your words to affect the other person and that's is really freeing for the voice. And the other thing is being you, you know, trying to be as you as possible. And that is a journey that can take years and never have an ending. Um, But it's finding a version of yourself that you're comfortable enough with to allow your voice to be to to sort of allow yourself to speak freely. Like I, I remember when I started as a voice coach, I had never taught anybody anything like and I I part of the the course, the masters was understanding pedagogy or the art of teaching. I haven't taught taught anybody anything, right? And the first time that I did a little micro-teach on that course, I, like, literally scripted it word for word and I learnt it like a monologue. And at the end, everybody did it, and at the end, I just cried, I just broke down because it was such a different status shift. And that was not my voice. And my entire journey as as a pedagogue now, like, as a teacher of voice... Is, is finding that I can just be me and embody the voice that is me and say the words that still sounds like smart and intelligent but I don't have to pretend to be anything else and I think sometimes when we go online and we represent our business and all that kind of stuff we do lives we feel like we have to be a certain way in order to present the stuff and to be taken seriously and it's a big old journey but even when I look at myself from the first live I did at the start of lockdown because I wasn't doing lives like uh, I, I'm like Hello and welcome, it's me with your voice tip of the next quick voice tip. Uh, let's think about the larynx or whatever. I was absolutely horrific. They're still on YouTube, I should take them off. Mainly because they've got terrible hair, you know, terrible lockdown hair. So the point is, it's about finding who you are vocally in this space that you have to be in and that's all linked to message and the impact you want to have and all that kind of stuff and behind that then is the breath and the release and the resonance and the articulation and all that kind of thing
0: do certain people maybe feel their voice isn't isn't working for them very well because of some reasons like that like they're holding on to tension in a certain place and it's affecting how they it's probably making them sound different when they do that kind of speaking to they would in real life as you just described
1: yeah, so the main thing that hinders people when they're in a live presenting environment is the tension that comes with nerves or adrenaline, whether you feel you have nerves or not. You know, there is it's a heightened, slightly unnatural situation or habitual situation that we're not used to. So tension is the main thing. So when we get tense or full of adrenaline. It's harder to let the breath in in an efficient way. It's harder to for the voice to sort of regulate itself and support itself. And it's harder for the vocal folds to close and, and all that kind of thing. And we start kind of, you know, the shoulders get a bit held and we start jutting the chin forward and we, we're we not kind of grounded and connected to the floor and we kind of pace around or we're kind of up in our bodies. Physical tension is the main thing. And what that leads to Long story short, is uh, lack of consistency in the voice. So, for example, and vocal tiredness. So, if you were had to record ten podcast episodes, you might find that the one at the start sounded different to the one at the end. Or if you had to present at a conference, you might find that after half an hour, your voice is just exhausted because of the adrenaline and the tension and how much harder it is to voice. So, most of the vocal issues that I see that pop up are to do with the voice on speaking being more effortful than it needs to be and that can be linked to loads of different things that are either a mindset piece or a physical body piece
0: and real life stuff is coming back now like i've got i've got to speak at a real life event later in the year kind of the first time in this in this job that i have now are you finding people are coming back to you with that panic over I've got to speak in front of either a small group of people or a big group of people I found um the power pose I don't know if you're a believer in the power pose it's when you sort of stand stand like Wonder Woman for a couple of minutes before before you need to present um it works maybe it's completely in the mind but it works
1: who cares like if it works it doesn't matter yes so at the start of lockdown it was how to own the zoom And now it's how to own the room, not the Zoom again. There's an amazing book by a lady called Viv Groskop called How to Own the Room. And the most important thing is, it's a learned skill. Like I think she literally says no one wakes up as as Michelle Obama. (laughs) And that's so true. Our brains and our bodies are really smart, but also really dumb. And you can trick your mind into feeling a certain way. There's literal science to like support this. You can trick your mind into feeling a certain way because your body is doing a certain thing. So, you know, if you're constantly hunched over and uh, furrowed brow, then your brain doesn't feel as settled and the anxiety and things come. If you open the shoulders, plant the feet, you know, I like open palm kind of down the front. It's great. Like it just tricks your body into thinking you're all right. (laughs) Because what happens with nerves when you're about to step on that stage is classic fight or flight response, you know, and that's survival. The only difference now is that the risk is not like a saber-toothed tiger that's going to rip our head off. The risk is a load of people in a conference room or a boardroom or a podcast or a press interview or, you know, whatever it happens to be. So body is really important to yeah, like planting your feet, opening your palms, feeling stability in the body and softness. So power pose is great, but just make sure you're also allowing like softness and flexibility within that would be my thing from a voice perspective, because we don't want the tension.
0: Mm, Interesting. Right, Nick, you're doing this thing of running your own show. How do you promote your work online? Which platforms are
1: you using? So I have two podcasts. They don't really count as platforms, but obviously I have two podcasts, the voice over social podcast, award-winning, no big deal. And then the voice coach podcast, which is my kind of weekly voice training podcast. Uh, Instagram, big fan. Never thought I would be because I've struggled with the relationship with my face and physicality, probably because of the theatre industry. But I am much more comfortable with that now. I'm older and I have perspective on life. And I really enjoy that because I feel, well, I get, I get, the results and it allows me to share things in a way that's fun like i can't gel with linkedin right now because i know you can still be fun but i just can't deal with it like
0: i I know you can still be fun but there's not a lot of evidence of it it is just so boring when i go on to sorry everybody on linkedin you know what i know it's super effective platform but the content wow I think it's really interesting what you say about having greater perspective on life and being able to put yourself out there in a in a in a in a visible environment. But I think having done it now for four or five years, I do tend to forget what an enormous step that can be for some people, and it was for me actually. Once upon a time, um, did you have to steal yourself to go on there?
1: I'd started going live on Facebook before I ever did anything really with Instagram. So my first foray into it was then. And yeah, I was absolutely terrified. (laughs) Terrified. Just had to do it. I did practice. I set up a group that had nobody in it. And I used to go live (laughs) into that group just to practice what it felt like. And uh, that really helped. That really helped. But I... I really steal myself. But the way I steal myself is very related to voice training. So I lie on the floor, I do a bit of semi-supine, I do some low breath, I release my body, I do some shoulder rolls, I release my neck, I do some spine rolls. I do a lot of focusing on the out breath to regulate that sort of um, adrenaline rush that you get. So lots of like <laughs> lip trills and <sighs> all that kind of stuff that gets the voice going. So my stealing myself is quite a practical step by step things that i know work for me and then by the time i got to instagram i was like oh this is nice actually i like instagram i like it to a certain degree and then also i get oh my god i need to post something and but that's all about strategy and understanding my business shape and you know linking everything in so i'm still i'm still very much learning but i feel less of a um square peg round hole doing something fun and silly on instagram than i do if i try it on linkedin
0: If you know that something's not going to make you feel very good, don't open it. That applies to a lot of different things, whether it's an app or an email or whatever it might be, just that, you know, you don't, if you've got a 5,000 strong Facebook community that has got 5,000 people who are engaged with what you do in it, like, and there's just one of you doing the job, you're doing enough. I hope that people take away the fact that you can prepare to do better at this kind of stuff. Like whether it's opening up a fake Instagram account where you start going live and practice the tech and realize that you can do it and it's not going to break down and be completely you know crippling or you can lie on the floor before you do a presentation and do some breathing and help it go better. Like you can take some control over it. You don't just have to plunge yourself straight in to something that makes you feel uncomfortable.
1: I mean, I could give you three exercises that would make you feel so much more confident and settled before you go live. It doesn't have to take ages. And that's one of my main remits or like business values is that Voice training is not trapped behind this big drama school door and it's only for people who are on the stage at the National Darling. You know, it's for anybody who has a voice and wants that voice to come more easily and more consistently. And that's the whole reason I do podcasts because anybody can listen to that and have a little play. Like, it does not have to take a long time. Give us those three. Okay, so if you're about to go live, here's what I would do. Um, Roll your shoulders... Nice and freely, so we always work with ease. So we're not like warming up for bloody triathlon here, and do a nice, gentle, chewy hum mm-hmm. kind of gliding up and down your range as if you're like really curiously interested in something. Mm-hmm. And just breathe when you need to. Mm-hmm. So roll your shoulders and then give them a bit of a shimmy. Just let some sound bubble out. Um, The next thing I would do is just give yourself a sort of body check. So if you're seated, which is totally fine for recording, by the way, you don't have to stand up. um, Plant your feet on the floor, give your toes a little wiggle. Really feel the floor underneath your feet. And then think about right angles from your foot to your lower leg at your ankle there, a right angle, then a right angle from your lower leg to your thigh, and then a right angle from your thigh to your body. So it's really just stacking yourself like a wee human step. (laughs) The human step approach by Nick Redmond. And I like to use my hands, like there's always freedom and movement, that's very normal. Again, that's what we do socially. And then the final thing would be a little bit of tongue release, there's loads of things you could do. So you could do a little gurn with your face to just literally smush it around, like I'm moving my lips. I'm moving. This is really good audio, isn't it? I move my lips, move my eyebrows, just smushing my face around. That's it, nice and easy. So that releases and wakens and alivens the face, which is great for articulation. And then I would release the tongue. So my favorite exercise for that, which you can use, um, dead simply, is to just it's called slug tongue, and you're gonna put your tongue out on your lower lip. Um, nice and relaxed, and you're just going to speak through days of the week, months of the year, and count one to ten. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, January, February, March, April, May. <laughs> Don't, please take this seriously. July, August. <laughs> so I've got a master's degree in this. <laughs> October. <laughs> November, December, Um, To release your tongue, gives you more space in the mouth, gives a nice quick response of the tongue to shape all those lovely vowels and those sounds. But you can also use that if you have the intro for your podcast, for example. So if you've got no time to warm up in inverted commas, just stick your tongue out and say your intro. So you're like, hi, welcome to just bloody podcast with Helen and today I'm talking about, and then take your tongue back in and then just away you go.
0: Wicked tips. Nicola, thank you so much. This is just packed. I'm excited. It's packed with good information. Uh, It's been a delight. Thank you. Thank you. I love how whatever you think about what you can and can't do, there are always ways and techniques you can learn to make it easier. So please stop telling yourself, if you do, that you don't like your voice. It makes me sad to think of it. It's one of our greatest tools for connecting with others. My tip to add to what Nick says is to force yourself to listen back to recordings, to voice notes or lives or Instagram stories, whatever it might be. It just gets you used to hearing yourself. It's nothing for me now to hear my voice played back and it'll just help you also pick up those things you're doing as a sort of nervous vocal tick. I noticed just recently that I say actually about 20 times in every podcast interview and it's a bit annoying actually. So listen back, it'll make you better. Thank you for coming. Do you subscribe? Subscribe, you won't miss an episode and this one was super useful. Nick is great so please share it with your friends and I'll be back soon. Bye.